0: So it is really my great pleasure to introduce Rick Allen, who is the CEO of MedSend, and the background to this talk on capacity building in mission hospitals is that over the past 20 years or so, there's been a movement to use church and mission hospitals, particularly in low-resource places, to train local physicians in specialized areas like surgery, pediatrics, orthopaedics, obstetrics, gynaecology, as well as family practice and other areas. And these programs have been successfully graduating individuals who've, been, who've excelled in their testing and professions. The programs with rare exception have been up to this stage small, and their growth has been constrained by limited resources across a broad range of needs, such as infrastructure, well-supported, Uh, well-prepared support staff, dependable supply chains, uh, particularly in COVID times, and a financial sustainability model. And the challenge going forward, therefore, is to address the issues in order to scale up these programs so that there's an opportunity for more Christ-following physicians and dentists to serve and lead in Christ's name. I can think a few people better to talk about this than Rick Alan Rick spent 25 years in executive roles within the computer software business. He was called out of business to be a pastor and uh, run MedSend, which provides grants and scholarships for healthcare professionals to live out their calling. And Rick stepped away from the role as pastor several years ago to become the full-time CEO of MedSend. And his desire, as you'll see, is to see many to come to know the love of Jesus through the delivery of compassionate healthcare. Rick, it's a wonderful privilege to have you on the program today, and we look forward to hearing your talk. Thank you.
1: So the talk that I uh, have prepared for you is, uh, uh, what is going on? Uh, How are we building capacity in the current mission hospitals? And the focus really is uh, on current mission hospitals versus uh, the new ones that might be, uh, uh, be going up and, and um, uh, in various parts of the world. So uh, there is a number of initiatives that are going on. I'm happy to report uh, that um, uh, African Healthcare Mission uh, has uh, a- an initiative going on to support uh, mission hospitals. Uh, and uh, that has been very successful. And by the way, I'm going to be talking essentially from a, a U.S. perspective, right? Uh, I am based in the, in the U.S., MedSend is based in the U.S. I'll talk a little bit about what we do later, but um, these uh, initiatives are really within the, the uh, uh, community uh, where uh, MedSend tends to participate most. So African Healthcare Mission uh, has an initiative underway Christian Connections for International Health uh, also has a wonderful uh, initiative, 30 by 30, uh, to uh, support uh, mission hospitals. Uh, The Medical Benevolence Foundation is doing great work uh, in support of uh, mission hospitals. And then the initiative that I'm primarily involved in, which is the Institute for Global Healthcare Missions, which is just getting underway. And uh, I'm gonna share a a bit of a story around uh, this institute uh, so you have some context for what it is. MedSend for uh, the first 20 years of its existence uh, was designed to help US healthcare professionals uh, serve on the mission field once uh, they had finished their education, if they had educational debt, Uh, which is a a significant impediment uh, here in the US um, uh, to serving in missions. Uh, And what we were finding back then was that uh, individuals who felt like they might be called to serve uh, globally were uh, instead deciding to take 10 years, pay off their educational debt and go. And of course, uh, life happened in between and they wound up never going. So MedSEN was created uh, by CMDA. Uh, We were a uh, ministry within CMDA uh, for the first five years of MedSEN's existence, and we specifically take individuals who are interested in long-term service uh, in healthcare missions and make their monthly payments uh, for these educational loans that they have. So over that period of time, uh, this year we will be celebrating our 30th anniversary. uh, And over that period of time, we have helped to free up uh, about 650 individuals from their educational debt, allowing them to go serve everywhere in the world, including here in the US. Uh, There's inner city Christ-centered clinics here in the US uh, and many mission hospitals. So uh, about uh, 10 years ago, we started to ask if there was a way that the Lord might be calling us into other areas, and from that came the MedSend National Scholars, and what we're doing through the MedSend National Scholars is we are providing a uh, scholarship for individuals who are training in mission-based residency programs. Uh, So, and as Peter mentioned, there's uh, a a large number of them, a large number of specialties, uh, and up uh, right now, we have provided uh, 60 scholarships uh, for individuals to go through these four or five-year residency programs. But once we realized that this was going to be a success, we started to ask questions such as, what would it take a few years from now, maybe 10 or longer, Uh, to actually have 650 or 1,000 individuals that we had provided these scholarships to. And that led me to speak to a couple of uh, the hospitals and their leadership and ask them, what would it take for us to scale your program, to make it larger? Uh, You've got three people in your program today. How could we make it 15? You've got 10 people in your program today. How could we make it 30? And in general, uh, the infrastructure and this uh, both uh, physical plant as well as the uh, support structure could not handle that kind of scalability. And most of these leaders, uh, although excited by the prospect of being able to expand their programs, really were not in a position to make it a reality. So I came back and, and counseled with a number of people And um, we came up with a model that said, what if there was an organization that would be uh, willing and able to come alongside of you for an extended period of time, let's say 10 years, uh, with significant uh, financial resources and uh, significant subject matter experts to help you in all of these areas that uh, would need to be addressed in order to scale your residency program. And of course, everyone felt that that would be the kind of resource that would make it a reality. So from there, the idea of the, uh, this Institute uh, for Global Healthcare Missions was birthed. Uh, that's how we started it. Uh, that idea uh, germinated about two years ago and it has been uh, in process uh, since that time. Uh, I'm not going to go into all the details of uh, what has happened, but uh, the organization itself is preparing to launch. Uh, It will um, probably start its uh, initial uh, efforts, which I'll explain in a little bit more detail later, uh, in uh, late spring of this year. So again, let me just share my slide with another slide with you so you can get a, a context of what it is that this organization uh, will be uh, doing. We're really looking to partner up to 10 years uh, with uh, these hospitals uh, to help them uh, improve the pie slices in the middle. So we're focused on infrastructure, education, human resources, supply chain, and governance. And I'm going to go into a little bit more detail. but. The model is going to be using partners in order to uh, be able to uh, uh, do those various uh, efforts. Uh, The organization itself, if you start at the top left-hand side, there'll be a a think tank as a component of this, really trying to mobilize and understand the needs uh, globally uh, where there might be opportunity to invest Uh, and to uh, come alongside of uh, the leaders of the hospitals that are ultimately selected. Going across to the right-hand side, there'll be project managers, which will uh, help to manage the partners who will be doing the activities uh, in the uh, pie in the middle. Uh, Healthcare member care, one of the things that uh, we hope to continue to uh, support is, uh, sending healthcare professionals from the West, primarily from the U.S. is where our focus is, uh, uh, to these mission hospitals uh, for a period of time. Uh, so we want to keep the, the flow of people from the U.S. Uh, into the mission hospitals uh, as trainers uh, and as support staff. And ultimately, we will be uh, uh, in an ideal world, uh, uh, the individuals that we have trained Uh, Will then become the trainers uh, over time. Uh, And we're already starting to see that now that we're, you know, we've got some critical mass of 60 plus uh, individuals who are in the program. Uh, We want to create a repository that would be available uh, to all of the community uh, that would be um, uh, collecting data uh, and then making some analysis on it. uh, And then generally publishing this information. Uh, and uh, uh, making sure that uh, we're all on the same page, if you will, that is within the context of, uh, of the community, uh, those involved in global healthcare care missions. Uh, here in the U.S., we would do quite a bit of awareness building and then ultimately fundraising uh, because we will, uh, as a part of this, our anticipation is that we will be providing the resources uh, necessary in order to accomplish the elements of... Uh, of the pie in the middle. So I'll just take, uh, take apart each piece of the pie. I think for most of, uh, of this audience, you'll, you'll understand. Uh, and also, uh, I just wanna state that this is a, a limited view. Uh, this is not meant to be comprehensive. Uh, it is um, what were the, the high level uh, efforts that we're anticipating we're going to be stepping into. Uh, there'll be much more detail behind all this. Uh, but it is a, a place to start and to build some context. Uh, one of the reasons that we're doing this is there's some, we've observed in a couple of places and, and uh, hospital leaders, mission hospital leaders have have confirmed that oftentimes a lot of the focus is on infrastructure and education. Uh, meaning they, they go and they bring in uh, one of our wonderful partners um, to uh, uh, provide curriculum. Uh, and guidance on the education, uh, and they might build out build out some of the infrastructure. But if you're really looking to scale, you need to have uh, all of your support staff, uh, nurses, lab techs, uh, pharmacists, uh, accounts uh, payable and accounts receivable clerks. Everyone needs to uh, increase in their uh, skill set in order to really be able to scale for one of these programs. Uh, You need a a reliable supply chain so things don't get held up uh, in areas like customs. Sometimes, depending upon the country or region, this can be very challenging. And then ultimately, governance, good oversight of uh, the programs. So when we look at infrastructure, these are the kinds of things that we're looking at. Of course, again, not uh, comprehensive, but... Uh, at a higher level. Uh, just roads. Uh, can you get to the place? Uh, is, uh, is there uh, a reliable uh, model for people to access the hospitals uh, at an increasing scale? Uh, buildings, which are apparent, but they go anything from waiting rooms uh, to dormitories uh, to, uh, uh, you know, surgical centers, Water and sewage, if you're gonna increase capacity significantly in the number of people who will be using the facilities, you obviously need to upgrade that. Communications, we're all very dependent upon global communications today, as well as uh, security. So these are the kinds of things that we will be working with the leadership of the hospitals in order to uh, improve uh, over a period of years uh, so that the infrastructure can support the expansion. And then education, uh, curriculum, uh, faculty, uh, certification programs where appropriate, uh, sometimes within countries, regions, Uh, employment readiness, really trying to prepare the individuals who are going through uh, these educational programs to be uh, ready to be employed within the region. So making sure that the programs themselves are preparing for uh, regional employment and then uh, government and regional bodies. Oh, we, we have a sense that uh, we need to better um, communicate and fit in, in many cases, not all, uh, and your situation or circumstance uh, may be different, but uh, we wanna make sure that we are participating uh, in a, a broad-based approach to uh, healthcare. Uh, And that includes uh, all of the governments and and also secular organizations, such as the Gates Foundation, which uh, we're starting to see more and more influence exerted uh, by um, these uh, additional parties. And uh, we wanna make sure that we are at least listening to what they are doing and what they perceive the needs to be so that we can fit into the broader uh, community of of, uh, global healthcare. Uh, we're seeing uh, uh, quite, quite a bit of transition occurring, uh, which is good. Uh, healthcare is becoming much more uh, readily accessible, uh, still not in some of the areas where we have hospitals, but uh, there is significant global improvement. Uh, human resources, this is preparing your people to support this level of build-out, so we're looking at education and uh, and college partners, things like um, a college uh, to help train and improve uh, the skill sets of nurses, for instance, uh, of uh, hospital administrators, uh, looking at trying to uh, potentially get certification programs for uh, your front office people. Uh, Going further along, we see uh, tech support, making sure that we've got the right people to provide the support of technology, which is becoming so critical today uh, for us. Uh, policies uh, around retention, uh, trying to uh, understand what the people's needs are uh, and um, uh, trying to retain the individuals that we will be investing uh, quite a bit of money in uh, and then. Um, uh, Moving on to uh, the next area, which is supply chain. And and, uh, this is uh, uh, an area that can be very challenging uh, but uh, we're looking at uh, vendor management, uh, understanding and and getting reliable uh, vendors to supply all the needs, uh, ideally as locally as they can be sourced. Port management for things that need to uh, be imported lead time management so that we can better understand when to place orders and when uh, somewhat predictably things will be uh, running out so that we can place the orders in advance. And then finally, the uh, financial requirements that are necessary in order to um, secure the equipment. And then finally governance, which is a, a focus on the board itself. Uh, Does the hospital have a a strong board in place Uh, and uh, training up and providing appropriate skill sets for the senior management team, uh, helping them to grow in their professional lives, uh, policies uh, for uh, oversight, uh, and then sustainability models. Uh, And I recognize that any of our mission hospitals are in areas where financial sustainability will be very difficult to accomplish, uh, but we need to look at the models that we have in place and at least recognize uh, that uh, sustainability is a goal or an objective uh, and be moving in that that kind of uh, direction. So that's the perspective that uh, we're uh, bringing Uh, to this uh, uh, initiative. Uh, I I firmly believe that we should be able to um, uh, launch with the uh, first three sites. Uh, They have already been identified. uh, And just to set expectations, uh, the anticipation is that uh, we will work on these first three sites uh, for two years. So I'm not anticipating uh identifying another site until 2025. Uh, and um, uh, essentially what we will do is to uh come into these three sites, partner with them, identify uh how to improve each one of these areas, what they what they believe their needs are, uh, and then uh create a uh a Gantt chart or a plan uh over a period of time that would Uh, allow us to uh, assist with uh, the financial needs, as well as the uh, human resource needs, the the individuals who will be helping with this, uh, partners, if you will. So this is uh, the uh, major initiative within the Institute for Global Healthcare Missions. We are seeing just a tremendous expansion in the number of uh, hospitals who uh, see, them, see themselves as uh, having uh, a desire to uh, train, to come alongside of uh, individuals, and uh, we want to support uh, their, their movement. Uh, this is uh, going to be kind of a, a ground up, if you will, uh, in, the, in the sense that uh, our effort is to uh, support the leadership of each one of these organizations so that they uh, are able to accomplish the goals and objectives that they have set for themselves uh, with regards to uh, becoming a significant teaching institution. Uh, So uh, the anticipation is that uh, this will start initially with uh, physicians, but we're also looking to partner. Uh, We realize the importance of nursing, and we're looking to partner with um, uh, organizations and institutions that are committed to uh, training up nurses as well. So we see both of these as opportunities going forward uh, to uh, train up both uh, physicians and uh, nurses. Uh, This this initiative is uh, based out of both Africa and Asia. Uh, So our first three uh, institutions that we've identified, uh, one is in Asia, two two of them are in Africa. Uh, We will uh, plan to work with hospitals that uh, are uh, visioning uh, a program. They haven't started uh, an educational effort yet, uh, as well as ones that are uh, willing and and ready to uh, expand the program that they have in place. We think we can uh, provide support for up to 20 organizations uh, over a period of 10 years. Uh, and uh, this initiative is anticipated to last up to at least two decades. Uh, so we're trying to do it at a pace that is uh, sustainable, uh, that is realistic, uh, and that ultimately will significantly increase uh, the number of uh, Christ-following uh, healthcare professionals uh, in, these, in these regions. And uh, ultimately, if we're successful, uh, we really believe that uh, these uh, individuals will be uh, leading their national health care systems, uh, regional uh, hospital systems, uh, and delivering uh, quality, uh, compassionate care uh, in the countries and regions where they serve. So that's the, the ultimate uh, objective of uh, what we're trying to do here. Uh, I will tell you that most of the uh, partners are already in place. Uh, You might be aware of um, uh, organizations such as PACS or or CURE. Um, Another uh, partner is uh, is in his image. Uh, We're also uh, working with Infamed. uh, And these are all organizations which are uh, looking to uh, provide uh, curriculum and support for uh, educational programs, residencies uh, for uh, national physicians. So uh, we're anticipating that this, um, uh, when we're done, uh, we should be able to come alongside of literally hundreds of individuals uh, and help them with their training. Now this organization will be entirely separate from, uh, from MedSend. Uh, we have uh, partnered uh, to uh, help to make this a reality, uh, but it will not be MedSend itself. Uh, it will be, MedSend will be a member of uh, the Institute. Uh, so we do anticipate that it will be a standalone organization uh, that uh, we will support and anticipate that it will support us as well. Uh, so we're in, a, um, uh, in a, a launch phase at this point, and And uh, we, we do believe that the level of uh, initiative that is occurring today. Uh, that we should be able to provide uh, through all the efforts, uh, not just this institute um, but our other partners, um, that we should be able to significantly increase the capacity of mission hospitals going into the future. Uh, Some of them have, they've, uh, uh, the infrastructure needs improvement uh, in order to be able to uh, move into this type of uh, training environment, and and that's where we'll focus our attention. So, Peter, I'm uh, I'm available to take questions. Uh, I've I've kind of uh, given the general broad context of what I wanted to talk about, uh, and I can ask uh, I can uh, try and address specific questions.
0: Thanks very much, Rick. That's uh, a fantastic overview. Of what you're doing and what an amazing vision going forward and you're, you're planning it very sensibly over a long term as well. Well, there are quite a few questions have already come in. Just to start off, Rick, uh, you talked about uh, MedSend's own history, how it began paying off the debt of American missionaries uh, serving abroad uh, to enable them to serve, and then you talked <clears throat> about the move to, to sponsoring trainees as well. You said you had about 60 Trainees that you trained already, around or or at least provided for the training of. Could you just give us um, a bit of a an overview of those sixty? What sort of skills are they training in? What countries? What hospitals? Just to give us an idea of the of the
1: spread. So the way that we're we're working uh, is. Uh, uh, we work through our partners. So I'll just give some context for the way the process works. So uh, uh, an individual would apply and I'll just use uh, PACS uh, as it's uh, connected as we were to CMDA and has a, a history within the context of uh, CMDA. So uh, PACS is one of our, our, our partners. So an individual would apply to the PACS program uh, once they were uh, accepted, uh, PACS would then uh, submit an application to us for them, uh, and our, the MedSend board would uh, review the application and uh, then, let's say, approve the application. So really, the, the organizations, our partners, if you will, such as PACS, really are the ones that make the assignments. Right. They're the, ind- they're the ones that uh, understand what the hospital location th- that they will be training at, uh, what their area of uh, specialization will be at. You mentioned several of them at the beginning. So uh, to a certain extent, to a large extent, MedSend is not making those allocations. Uh, We're really not even making the selections, if you will. You can't directly apply to MedSend. If you're an individual, uh, we don't take uh, applications. They only come through our partners. Uh, And our partners generally are working in Africa and Asia. So the hospitals themselves tend to be in Africa and Asia and the specializations are then defined by the partner. So uh, we have two primary areas, uh, surgery, uh, which is uh, through uh, PACS and CURE, uh, and then uh, family practice, which is really primarily through, uh, uh, through Infamed. Um, and we, so we don't even, we're looking for partners who are uh, actively uh, running programs, have curriculum, have process in place, Uh, But as you know, if you're familiar with these organizations, uh, they have been uh, providing uh, these educational programs now in some cases for uh, a couple of decades, Uh, so they know how to administer the programs, they know how to come alongside of the hospitals, uh, and um, we're we're excited to be able to support the individuals uh, who have been accepted into these programs.
0: Thank you. That's that's really helpful. And uh, webinar attendees may actually have heard both Keir Thalander from PACS, the Pan-African Academy of Christian Surgeons, and also Chris Larby more recently, who worked with CURE, uh, talking about orthopedics in, in Africa. So these are the kind of programs that we're talking about. With regard to the hospitals, Rick, you said you've got three sites ready to go, and you'll be focusing on them in the first three years and then broadening it out to include more, uh, another 20 organizations or 20 in total over the, over the 10 years. Uh, when, when you're looking at institutions to decide uh, which ones should we partner with, what do you look for in an institution uh, that you're wanting to improve the capacity of for training?
1: Thank you for that question. The most important thing, quite frankly, is leadership. Uh, is uh, the leadership of the institution uh, ready to be able to work through the level of change that would be required in order to scale one of these programs? Uh, it is, uh, it's very challenging. Uh, and uh, the, the greatest challenge, frankly, is the human resource component, right? It is uh, looking to providing leadership uh, to the team at the hospital uh, and getting them on board for uh, this, this level of expansion. Generally, it means that uh, you know, there'll be extra work involved, uh, quite frankly. And, uh, but there are other restraints, uh, reasons why uh, people might not want to participate. And uh, we're looking for strong leaders with strong vision that we can come alongside of. So uh, Peter, I would say that that's the first thing. Uh, the second thing really is uh, the region or location of the hospital. Uh, if you're going to scale a training program, do you have enough demand? Are you in a region where you'll be able to uh, keep all of the residents productive? Uh, and um, uh, you know, frankly, some hospitals that we really believe in their ministry and their mission, they're just located in areas where they can't scale. Uh, We'll continue to work with them. If their program is small, uh, MedSend will uh, continue to try and help to get uh, scholarships for uh, their residents. But IGHM is really going to, this institute, is really going to be uh, focused on uh, institutions that have enough demand uh, that they could scale up a program like this. Thank you. Um, we've
0: got a question here from Angel Wang in Burkina Faso, West Africa. She's she's saying, uh, as you said, over the last 20 years has been a movement to use mission and church hospitals. What's different about this century, uh, 20, 21st century? What's different about this that's making this need for training and building the capacity of, of uh, national institutions a real priority for you? But perhaps just your, your reflections on the wider trends in healthcare that are making this a priority now that you feel you should go for?
1: That's a big question. I'll start at the top and work down. I believe it's a, a movement of the Holy Spirit, right? I believe that God is involved in this. I believe that uh, healthcare is the model that, that Jesus created, right? Uh, uh, so uh, preach and heal uh, was uh, his model. So I believe that we are seeing uh, healthcare as uh, a revived model. And I, I also believe that one of the reasons is, uh, uh, is access, that a healthcare professional Uh, is welcomed in almost every country in the world. Uh, A well-trained, well-prepared healthcare professional. Uh, Most uh, nations, uh, straight most communities, and even most tribal uh, chiefs will welcome a well-prepared healthcare professional uh, into their area. Uh, So this provides us access. uh, And then healthcare in itself, delivered in a compassionate way provides a model uh, of, of Jesus. So we, we have this incredible ability to reach uh, places that are not accessible to other forms of uh, a witness, if you will, uh, that uh, healthcare provides. So I really do see um, those impacting it. And finally, we, uh, as, uh, as the world, uh, uh, continues to expand as educational facilities become available as the economies of many nations expand. We're seeing individuals being able to uh, afford advanced education. Uh, so we're, we're now seeing uh, more uh, physicians, uh, more nurses, more support uh, infrastructure, uh, uh, individuals being uh, prepared well Uh, And that allows us to expand these programs. So this is all happening at the same time. Now, some, you know, uh, I'm speaking very, very broadly here, and I recognize that. Uh, But, you know, some of the infrastructure has been around for 100 plus years. uh, And in some cases, it's been neglected. Uh, The resources have not been available to maintain it. And I think that this is you know, such a time as this uh, right now to be able to uh, help improve that infrastructure. Uh, I, I just believe that it is uh, uh, God motivating uh, wealthy donors to be able to come alongside of us and, and shore this up. Uh, I do believe that the role of the West is changing significantly. Uh, and uh, I believe that our responsibility is to support uh, current leaders uh, in their in carrying out their vision, uh, their God-given vision uh, for these hospitals, uh, and we want to play a part of that.
0: Uh, thank you. That that's uh, that's really insightful. I was I was struck by your comment at the beginning. You identify these five areas of need in your pie chart. And uh, you, you said something that struck me is that it's not just about education and infrastructure. You need human resources, you need supply chains, you need governance, and, and also your comment about leaders with vision. And we've got two questions here from uh, from Howard Lyons, who's uh, on the ICMDA board, and Laurie Allett, who are both asking the question about health hospital administration and healthcare management. What, uh, what do you see? Is MedSend involved in this in training healthcare managers, uh, hospital administrators? What do you see for the place of that in the future?
1: Yeah, I'm very excited about what's happening in, in that area specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that um, uh, we're, we're starting to see uh, a number of initiatives, that are focused on uh, training up individuals specifically to go to uh, and to provide support to mission hospitals. Uh, there is a, an initiative uh, that's underway here in the US at CM, the US-based CMDA, uh, to bring together hospital administrators. MedSend as an organization recognized this need uh, several years ago, and our board has approved. Uh, the debt repayment, the educational debt repayment of individuals who have a degree in hospital administration. Mm -hmm. However, uh, these are U.S.-based institutions where they're getting their education and much of what they learn isn't applicable throughout the rest of the world. So uh, we're really looking for programs that are locally based uh, at universities, uh, particularly if it's at a master's level. Uh, but we certainly would consider individuals at um, at a uh, uh, undergrad uh, level uh, to provide better administration into the hospital. So there is a number of movements going underway. Uh, there is a movement in, in Kenya where they're looking to put together uh, a, a training program and uh, uh, initially as a certificate program, but ultimately uh, providing a, a degree, a full degree. So We're starting to uh, see a broader recognition of the importance of hospital administration. Uh, Certainly the uh, Institute will get behind that. Uh, We're aggressively looking for uh, institutions, uh, colleges in particular universities uh, who are uh, providing this training within the context of um, uh, of the regions where these hospitals will be based.
0: Thank you. And the program in Kenya you mentioned is based at Tenwick Hospital, isn't it? That's uh, getting underway. And it may interest listeners also to hear that ICMDA is in the very early stages of planning a distance learning diploma in healthcare management, which we hope to launch in a couple of years time, Uh, along the same lines as our diploma in family medicine that you'll be able to do uh, from anywhere, provided you've got a good internet connection. A very popular question here from Jim Ritchie, Rick, who's asking, "How? what would you do to prevent mission drift? The, the mission hospitals becoming more of, um, is, is the mission hospital in danger of becoming more of a, of a well-financed resource emphasizing medical care rather than integrating the power of the gospel? Into healing. You've already, already talked about the Holy Spirit's mandate, both to preach and to heal. Uh, what do you look for in programs in terms of spiritual formation and uh, mission focus?
1: Uh, I, I really appreciate that question because I, I think if there is a, um, a hole or a deficit in uh, the conversation that I've had with you th- thus far, it is the focus on the spiritual component, uh, keeping the main thing, the main thing. And uh, the, the question that uh, we have before us is, uh, are our efforts about uh, bringing uh, and, and improving the healthcare infrastructure uh, so that uh, others will be served? Uh, or is it about bringing the knowledge, awareness of Jesus Christ uh, through the delivery of compassionate healthcare? Uh, And where is the priority in the middle of that? And we believe that to uh, differentiate ourselves, we really need to uh, ask that question. And uh, the answer uh, is uh, the foundation upon which we will stand Uh, and I believe that it needs to be, Christ needs to be in the center of it. It it is what we uniquely bring to the world. Uh, It's uh, Healthcare can be delivered by governments. Uh, It can be delivered by for-profit institutions, and it is, and, and those areas are expanding, but there is a unique model that brings compassionate care in the name of Jesus Christ that still has value in the world today, Uh, And we need to be thinking these things through because we will either be about uh, delivering health care or we will be about bringing health care in Christ's name. Uh, I believe in the focus of the Institute, uh, as well as MedSend, will be prioritized around organizations that are committed uh, to bringing the gospel, uh, the message of hope. Uh, through compassionate healthcare. Thank you. We've we've got an anonymous
0: question here from someone who's worked in a missionary hospital in Africa, just asking the question, is our mission hospitals now an anachronism, just picking up what governments have broken or never achieved as a result of corruption or lack of commitment? Is, is there a future for the mission and church hospital in the developing world? There's a provocative question.
1: I, I love this question and, and frankly, uh, wrestle with it. Uh, I think the answer that I just provided mm-hmm. is some insight into it, uh, which is you know in, in a world that is uh, increasingly uh, expanding healthcare uh, through governments, through private organizations, through for-profit, what do we uniquely bring to the world? What does Christian-based delivered healthcare bring to the world that is unique? And I'll tell you, I don't necessarily have the answer, but I know a part of it has to be Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know, I mean, that is, that is where our uniqueness is. Now, what is the context in that? Uh, healthcare is very expensive to deliver at any level. Uh, It is, it's expensive in today's world. Uh, We're going to, we are seeing uh, significant transformational changes in the players and the participants. Uh, We will be entirely marginalized if we can't answer that question. Why are we unique? There has to be an element of uh, delivering and serving the least of these if we are really delivering healthcare in the name of Christ, we need to follow the model that he set for us. And that is our, I believe, our unique contribution to the world. Thank you. A
0: question from Timothy Rice, who is, is saying, in addition to the 20 mission hospitals, you'll be aiming to help in the next 10 years. Uh, will you, other plans to make best practices or other resources available to other mission hospitals who won't be touched. I guess we could say, well, we think there are probably close to about 2,000 church and mission hospitals in Africa and Asia at the moment, many of which don't have any connection to a a Western or American uh, mission society. But um, do do you have any plans for that down the line in terms of, uh, apart from just setting an example, uh, in what you're doing in terms of making resources or training available to others who might benefit other hospitals outside the 20? Uh,
1: great question. So uh, we will not stand in isolation. Uh, we will work alongside of others who are interested in uh, uh, creating opportunities for best practices to be shared across the board. and. Uh, I mentioned uh, some of our partners uh, initially, uh, CCIH uh, has a very large network of of, uh, organizations, hospital, um, uh, uh, church-based hospitals, uh, and otherwise. um, And uh, we plan to work uh, very transparently uh, alongside of them, uh, ideally as a partner to the efforts that they're doing. Uh, It is a very large challenge, Uh, you know, they're they're looking at their initiative is 30 by 30. We're thinking about a context of about 20. And as you said, there's, you know, 2000 institutions that we've looked at. So part of what the uh, part of what we're we're hoping will uh, come out of the Institute uh, is the ability to mobilize and focus resources, but also focus the kinds of things that are working and the kinds of things that are not. Uh, so we, we just couldn't right now envision having the scope or the breadth to make an impact uh, beyond the 20, uh, but working and coming alongside of partners and making sure that we are uh, uh, focusing uh, our, our resources on the things that we are bringing uniquely uh, uh, to this process, uh, I think that'll, that'll help. Uh, and then sharing openly whatever we're learning uh, and access to individuals and organizations that can uh, help in this process. Uh, this, this institute will be primarily focused or exclusively fo- focused on uh, institutions that are looking to train that are looking to be training institutions. But uh, our partners are are not necessarily constrained by that. They're looking at all kinds of various areas within the uh, global uh, mission healthcare infrastructure to support it. Tim Love, who is, uh,
0: he says, a grateful MedSend grant recipient. He's working as a surgeon in Ethiopia and actually helping to lead the PACS program there. he says uh, sees lots of clinicians going out being supported. Are there um, also healthcare administrators who are getting grants to serve abroad? Are you seeing an increase of those, and is Sense supporting those kinds?
1: Well, I mentioned earlier that we we are willing to support them, uh, but we haven't uh, we haven't had one application. Uh, wow. To be honest, we just we haven't had one application. Uh, I don't think that there has been enough effort in making uh, individuals in these programs aware of the opportunity, the opportunity to serve, uh, and the opportunity that MedSend offers to uh, help remove the uh, burden of educational debt. I do believe that this check initiative uh, that is being started uh, by CMDA here in the US uh, will uh, increase awareness. So there's there's kind of two ways that we're approaching this. One is to uh, identify individuals that we can support from the US to the world. Uh, And then the other is to identify programs that are uh, in the continents where we, we seek to serve, specifically Africa and Asia, and uh, help to provide scholarships to their students that are willing to serve mission hospitals. So we're gonna come about it in two ways and see if we can't, frankly, we're playing catch up uh, and there just isn't enough awareness. Uh, these are all reasonably new initiatives uh, so the answer to the question is yes, if we can find them, if we can find the individuals here in the US willing to go and we can find the institutions in either Africa or Asia who are doing good job preparing uh, hospital administrators will come alongside of some of their students who are Christ-centered and willing to uh, serve in mission hospitals. Well, that's a great challenge. Uh- just a question
0: from Amy Hendricks here about methodology, Rick. How exactly are you going to help these hospitals with the things you talked about, infrastructure, education, HR, governance, and so on? Are, are you doing this, providing the support largely as consultants, or are you uh, sending people to do these things? What, what's the
1: just say a bit more about unpacking the methodology? Okay. So Here's what we're anticipating, uh, that this will all be done through, uh, through partnerships, uh, that it will be done through uh, organizations and where appropriate individuals uh, to deliver these services. Some of the partners um, uh, have long histories, uh, building churches, building hospitals, uh, building the infrastructure that's required for them. Uh, uh, throughout uh, Asia and Africa. Uh, and we will specifically lean towards those organizations who use uh, local resources. Uh, we want to make sure that we're trying to build the infrastructure. Uh, as we look at uh, logistics and supply chains, we're going to try and see identify uh, uh, local organizations that can, we can help build up. So that'll be a, a high priority is looking for uh, uh, local resources uh, in, this, in this process. Uh, the Institute itself will not do that. Just like, you know, MedSend does not uh, uh, educate anyone. We, we, uh, we don't send anyone. Uh, we play a very specific role uh, in uh, uh, MedSend to the world, which is that we take care of this educational debt. We support others in doing the ministry to which they've been called, right? Uh, And we're gonna do the same thing through the Institute. The model is going to be very similar to the extent that we will take organizations who already are doing these kinds of things and we'll provide the financial support for it to happen. So we expect just as MedSend is to be a large fundraising arm, uh, mobilizing resources uh, from the West to be able to be deployed uh, to build out these uh, mission hospital-based training programs, and that'll be that'll be the model. And we've already identified uh, a number of partners who are uh, who have the capacity, uh, who have the experience to be able to do it. So I think we'll start to see results from this uh, rather quickly. But the institute itself will be a rather flat organization deploying. Um, Uh, organizations and then as I said I mean we will also provide human resources meaning individuals who are experts in particular areas. So it'll be a combination of those two things specifically and then if you go back to my chart uh, those arrows that were on each side uh, one of the things that we'll be trying to do is to provide uh, awareness to a broader uh, context uh, both within the community, meaning those that are working in in healthcare missions, uh, as well as outside, uh, looking at the opportunities that are available for those people who who have a a, a passion for uh, supporting healthcare. And if that if that doesn't answer the question, you can refine it. Uh, I'm fine. <laughs> that's that's great. I just want to sneak
0: another couple in at, at the end and. Doug Lindbergh, who is also connected with CMDA, is asking the question about funding. Are are you just looking to Christian individuals, trusts, uh, foundations, institutions, or do you think there could be a place for getting secular funding from organizations like USAID, for example?
1: Yes, that's a a very good question. And this, this comes back to uh, the uh, earlier comments about what are we uniquely bringing to the world, right? What is it that we bring to the world? And as long as an institution or organization uh, funding opportunity uh, allows uh, the, the sharing of the Christian faith in the context of their support, uh, absolutely we would uh, but we will so to speak wear that on our sleeve uh, meaning we will make that uh, clear that the unique thing that we are bringing to the world uh, is our faith-based compassion-based uh, delivery of healthcare uh, yeah. that is driven by the model of Jesus Christ so as long as they're willing to accept that uh that it uh it's it's not it's not proselytization to the fo- to the to the extent that we will only serve christ followers as i'm sure all of our listeners r- recognize but we we will not walk away from that foundation uh in order to get secular money
0: thank you and uh, just a final question now uh, uh from bruce dalman bruce is involved in the leadership of CAP, which is, I'm sure you know, is a partner organization to PACS. So that's the uh, the Christian African Academy of Physicians. I think I've probably got it slightly wrong there, but um, but he's, his question is, uh, in terms of partnerships, and you've talked a lot about partnership, have you been in a discussion with, um, for example, the ACHAP, the African Christian Health Associations platform, which is the umbrella body for all of the national Christian uh, health associations in developing countries. Is, is there a partnership developing there with Christian healthcare and hospital associations, indigenous movements, which of course are umbrella bodies to most of the mission and church hospitals? All
1: right. Yes, that's a that's a good question. And the uh, my, my response is this. Uh, I, I like to um, uh, to dream big and start small. <laughs> so uh, all of these initiatives are in their incubation process. I mean, they are they are just getting started. Even uh, the uh, the Medicine national scholars program is only in its sixth year. Uh, so we we've put boundaries around our reach uh, because we i don't want to set expectations that we can't meet so Mm -hmm. the answer to the question is not yet (laughs) Uh, no we haven't approached them because we're not in a position to offer any significant partnership opportunity uh because we're it's just still too small (laughs) so uh, I do see us getting to the point where this continues to, uh, our reach continues to improve, but we have partners like CCIH who is you know, very well embedded in it and can keep us informed of what those needs are, of what the partnership opportunities are. So you know, we're, we're scaling this at a rate wh- that we think we can provide value to the community. And uh, I don't want to set any false expectations. I mean, these are small initiatives.
0: Thank you. And that's a a great note to finish on. Well, you mentioned CCIH, and of course, they are very well networked with all the National Christian Healthcare Associations and with HAMP as well. But um, thinking big and starting small, Uh, one of my great heroes is Stanley Brown, Mr. Leprosy, who used to say, you cannot meet the need, but you can show how the need can be met. And uh, in in sharing about this best practice model, Rick, today, you've really opened our eyes to the way the need can be met. And I hope that those listening have been inspired and challenged and be assured of our prayers and, and goodwill as you take this project forward. And as you say, what starts small Will, uh, will become bigger and bigger and bigger by God's grace. Jesus started with 12 people and uh, look back over the last 2,000 years. So thank you so much for joining us today on ICMDA webinars. Rick Allen of MedSense speaking on improving capacity in mission hospitals. So uh, from, from all of us here at ICMDA, thank
1: you very much. God bless you. And we'll see you again